Hey everybody, welcome to The Lawyer's Daughter, the We Ride at Dawn edition. Anybody who knows me knows mornings are not my friend, but there's something happening, so I want to share that with you. Um, it is Monday, August 17th. I will be leaving for Sacramento shortly. Oh yeah, good, I'm slurring my words too. I really do present well in the morning, don't I? It is like eight o'clock, which is apparently a time that people do things, but uh, I have a hell of a week ahead of me. I hit the wall yesterday. There is so much behind the scenes drama going on that I, and, I, and it's inappropriate to share it because it's really just BS, um, but it's been exhausting. And one of the things that's happened is late Friday, um, we got an email from the prosecutor. I feel like my brain will really start to work here in a minute. Promise. Um, I haven't even had coffee yet. But I need to do this really quickly because here's the thing. The reason I'm up this early, the reason I'm doing this really quick, and this is part one because I'm going to come back with part two. So this is going to be in the middle. We're going to have a little chop chop of where I um, have to pause for what's happening. But here's the deal. There's a hearing in a few minutes. It's a, an expected hearing. And it'll be live streamed for specific. Well, let me just read you the email so you can know what's going on. We got this on Friday. I am... I grow weary of the Friday surprise. I feel like we're pretending that this is the Trump administration and we release all the news on Fridays so that nobody can get any information over the weekend. Yay. Anyway, here's the email and here's what's coming and here's what I know. Okay, this is what came out. Good morning. This is for the survivors, get this stuff. Uh, when the defendant, D'Angelo, pled guilty, the court scheduled the sentencing from Monday, August 17th with a time waiver. Today is Monday, August 17th. Today was supposed to be dark, as they call it, no court. But here we are in court. So, and okay, keep, I'll keep going. Let me, allow me to continue. Since we are not starting the sentencing until Tuesday, manana, uh, 8-18-20, the court will need to take a time waiver, waiver from Joseph D'Angelo on Monday to continue the sentencing over Tuesday. The defendant will appear via Zoom in court on Monday, 8-17. Okay, so it's just that little nugget right there. This part cracks me up. The defendant has to take a time waiver today to do it tomorrow. Here's my question for the universe. What if he says no? What's going to happen? What is the consequence? This is like one of those things where I go, uh, this is procedural because he can't really say no because it's happening tomorrow. This thing is bigger than a freaking circus. The, this should be court disallay. I have never seen so many things that we've had to jump, hoops we've had to jump through because of the virus in particular. And I know this court, this case gets a lot of media attention. Everybody, I, that's one of the things from the weekend, the media, like, and they're not bad. I, I love me the fourth estate, but they're circling like sharks. They are coming in like crazy and there's just media everywhere. And it's odd to me that they come in for the sentencing. Cause honestly, the big deal was on June 29th. Like on I, everybody could sleep after that. That was the moment we have a convict. What more could you want? He's accepted responsibility. I mean, I do know what more we could want. We all want to know what the hell, why, but we're never going to learn that. So move on is what I'm going to tell you. Move on. So anyway, um, that's part one. So again, as I said, he has to accept the waiver. And if he doesn't, what happens? I would love to know what happens. I, and I plan to ask somebody somewhere at some point about this. So um, 
I just realized the best part of this whole thing if you're watching on video is watching how my hair will look right now and how more janky it's going to look in an hour after this little hearing. All right. The pro then part, the second paragraph, though, is the part that has the intrigue. So allow me to draw you into the intrigue that was given us on Friday as we got through this weekend talking about whatever the heck is going on. The prosecution team recently filed a sentencing memorandum with the judge. Now, this apparently is incredibly customary. It's the thing that is their recommendation on sentencing, the sentencing memorandum. This should be public. This should be something we all can see. It's the thing that stacks up all the years and why and what they're asking for and all of that. That should be a document we all should have had access to. But wait, there's more. In the memorandum, we, the prosecution, referenced the defendant's health. Are you listening now? We're going to talk about D'Angelo's health. In the memorandum, we referenced the defendant's health, noting the discrepancy between his demeanor in court and outside the courtroom. Uh, so this is huge because if you, it, one of the things that's happening right now is that we're all having to look at evidence lists and photographs of things that were covered from the house. By the way, we're not finding anything in these photos. Highly likely, most of the stuff that we're seeing right now is think are the things that belong to his daughters, which makes sense. That's what was in his house because that's where they were from. So, but uh, in the in the process of all of that, there are uh, a lot of us, not me, haven't done this yet, but a lot of folks that have been talking with people who are much more aware of D'Angelo's demeanor inside the county jail, which is every, I think at this point, everyone's heard the rumors. I've spread some of them that he's absolutely fine. He's working out. Um, the rumor is, I do not have proof of this, is that he sees a psychiatrist once a week. <laughs> There's a psychiatrist who needs to get their money back. Um, he sees a psychiatrist once a week. He listens to the radio, something called Red Eye Radio. I, mm, probably not my my jam, as they say, as I say, apparently all the time. But um, by the way, I have to just show you. I have this adorable, this is not my jam button. I did not know I had that button, but that's going on my mask today because apparently this is my jam. So Chris Pedretti tells me that all the time. I say that I say that all the time. I guess I do. So, so D'Angelo, so the rumor mill is D'Angelo's doing fine. And in fact, there's one, one rumor that um, he was doing so well and he was having a great time as they were collecting the additional buckle swabs, you know, the little swabs in the cheek. He was chatting it up with the, the guy who was just collecting the swabs. And then one of the prosecutors walked in and he went, um, he, he just instantly collapsed on himself and became very hard to speak and cooperate with a cheek swab. All right, enough drama. Uh, guess I'm a ham in the morning as well. So that, that discrepancy is what they're going after. Here we go. Here's the rest of the email. Noting the discrepancy between his demeanor in court and outside the courtroom, the defense has objected to the prosecution making any such references during his sentencing next week regarding the issue. Now, the defense is doing their job. That's what they're supposed to do. You just object. That's, that's all they can do right now is really run a good interference. The part that I think is interesting is that who cares? This isn't a jury trial. He's already convicted. I mean, we're past the conviction point. So number one, you can't skew a jury for sentencing because the jury doesn't exist. The judge is the one who's going to render the verdict, or not the verdict, I'm sorry, is going to render the sentence. He's the one that's going to meet it out. 
And so the judge is the one that sees the motion. So we're not keeping this a secret from the judge. Essentially, what's happening here is that, well, what I didn't tell you is that this whole thing, this motion was basically marked private. We weren't allowed to hear it. We weren't allowed to see it. It's been, um, it has been kept quiet and is going to likely be just likely uh, litigated in chambers because it's not public for whatever reason. Now, if I were a judge, I'd absolutely look at it first privately, and then I'd decide if it was going to be released to the public. But again, this was all happening on Friday, so I don't even know if the judge, how much time the judge had. Um, I guess we'll find out in a few minutes, because now it's 8.14 and it's getting closer. So the matter, the, what they told us is that this limited matter would be argued before the court on Monday at 8.30, which is in a few minutes. Unfortunately, because of COVID, you will not be able to appear in person in court for this Monday's hearing. However, you can watch the proceedings, which will be live streamed at the following link. It's the link to Department 60. At the point I'm recording this, you don't, you don't have the link. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to watch and then I'm going to come back and do part two. But it is interesting to see that right now the prosecution is basically juicing the demeanor and the way he, what, prosecution, let's see, the discrepancy, that's what they're calling it, the discrepancy between his demeanor in court and outside of the courtroom. As you know, I felt he was very disrespectful in court last time. I don't, he doesn't have to like it, but I do think it's important that he is paying attention. That just is respect. Like, that, respect the process, my dudes. This is a big deal. Um, anyway, they're going to have this hearing in a few minutes. I'm going to watch it on the live stream. Then I'm going to come back for part two of this really god-awful morning video that I've never done before. This is, this is it, guys. This is the morning video that's, gonna, that's, that's all going to happen. So I will be back with part two as soon as I have it. Hopefully this will be adjudicated quickly and we can get on with it because I still got to pack and get my booty up to Sacramento where I can move from 100 degrees here in Santa Cruz, which is, we're not made for. We just don't do this well. We don't have air conditioning or anything here for this kind of temperature. Plus we're having rolling blackouts because California. Um, so I, yeah, I'm going to go from the fire out of the frying pan, as I said this morning and into the fire, which is Sacramento where it's predicted to be 111, 111 degrees, which I know there's a bunch of you guys in the South who deal with this all the time, but I am a delicate flower. I always have been, and I do not do well in the heat. Fat girls swell up, like I don't get puffy. So I'm trying to hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Anyway, I'll talk to you guys in a few minutes. Here's the timeout, and I'll be back. Did I not tell you the hair would be worse? Because I have a fan blow drying it for me. All right, so that was amazing. Um, that was a lot more than I thought, and now I understand why it's rel relevant. Okay, here's my, I have notes, because we're not allowed to record it because of laws, but I have notes of what just happened. So this was a Zoom meeting. Uh, D'Angelo was in a wheelchair, Mr. Cress, and God, why do I never remember her name? I've even met her in person. I feel like a terrible person. I forgot her name. Anyway, Mr. Cress and his other attorney were there. Um, Tian Ho from Sacramento, District Attorney, Prosecutor from District Attorney's Office of Sacramento was there, and of course our judge. So um, the first thing on the ha hearing is D'Angelo, okay, so just so you know the setting, and I, I don't know if they'll have this so you can go back and watch it, but if you can, go watch it, because it was actually really interesting in such a short amount of time. And I have to say, Zoom video makes it much more pithy, like they get to the point a lot faster. Um, so D'Angelo was not in the cage, it was in the court the county jail courtroom, Department 60, usually we're in 61, but this was Department 60, which is right next door. They only have two courtrooms there for this, or maybe three. 
anyway, they, the D'Angelo was not in the cage. He was in his wheelchair with a mask on and everything. Um, the first thing had to do with continuing the um, sentencing to Friday, which I already mentioned. So that was happening. Um, so that was, D'Angelo approved that right off the bat. Um, so then here was the big discussion. This has to do everything with his demeanor in court versus his demeanor, demeanor in the county jail. And that's, as we know, we've all, we, I just talked about at the beginning, we've all talked about how we've heard all these rumors, we've heard all these rumors. So what the prosecution did apparently is they went in and they got video and they got video, the dates that they took video from, sorry, I was writing this as fast as I could write. Um, they took video from June 1st, June 17th, June 18th, June 29th, the day of the plea hearing, and July 18th. They took that video, where they have him even on video climbing on his uh, cot, his jail cot, to fix the lighting in his cell, something that needed to happen. So, okay, so they've taken, they created this video montage with the reason why, let me explain the why, because that actually answers my question. I'm like, who cares at this point? Um, is that they wanted, the, they had three grounds from on which they were basing their request to include this video in the record. Ideally, they want to play the video on Friday in a sentencing hearing, and they wanted it to be public because they believe he's been uh, manipulating our perceptions, for lack of a better way to, to, stick, to say it. So they wanted to play the video in court on Friday as part of his sentencing because they wanted everybody to know uh, the juxtaposition of his jail cell behavior and his courtroom behavior. The reason it needed to be public, they argued, is that in case there's changes in um, sentencing, not just sentencing, because of COVID, there's a lot of weird stuff happening with regard to prisoners and sentences and shortening sentences and getting them out of these basically death traps of jails because these people are piled on top of each other, which is a whole other discussion about how we treat our prisoners, but okay. Um, it's not, we, we never were supposed to just be warehousing people we didn't like. That's just, and I know they did bad things. I don't mean to be condescending. I just mean we've just started warehousing humans, right, as we privatized our prisons. Like I said, I'll put my soapbox back under my desk. The reason they wanted to do this thing publicly is that they're afraid if it just goes in file and not is not public, it will not be necessarily seen by the people that need to see it that have to decide where he ends up going. So now let me take you back. If you listen to my podcast on how, where he gets assigned to prison works, it's a whole methodology that's highly metric and based on what people, um, based on different scores and things. So one of the things that comes into play is his physical health and his mental health and his frailty, which is the word a lot of people use to describe him, which drives me nuts because that is an, a judgment word. That is not a descriptive word. If you'd use that in science class when you're describing the little birds you're observing and say one looks frail, you'll get in trouble. What you need to say is one is limping. You need to describe it. You don't need to characterize it. Big difference. Okay, so here were the grounds for putting it into the uh, putting it into the public record is that it would protect the record so that everybody could see it. Um, it would also go in his 12, one, um, 1203C report, which I believe is the thing that it characterizes him so that they can make, they can give him the right points and the right assessments prior to being assigned a prison for the end, for the end game. And in that, that, that's called the reception period, which I just so cracks me if they use that weird word for it, but it's basically intake for six months where they decide if this, where the, where the 
convict is going to go. Okay, so they want to, um, sorry, looking back, they ha there's a wide latitude in terms of um, his demeanor and his conduct and his demeanor, and, did, and he, they are arguing, the prosecution, prosecution is arguing is this is part of his lack of remorse, his blank stare, his halting moves, his, is he physically and mentally deficient? Um, at which point the judge says, are you arguing he's deficient? Should I set aside the conviction? And Tian's like, no, 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 that's not what I'm arguing, Your Honor. Um, the video that they have, the judge asked, is there sound? There is no sound in this video. It essentially shows that he is agile, quite strong, and a flexible man. It shows how he is able to problem solve. That was the whole thing of being able to get figure out how to change the lighting in his cell. Don't worry, there's something coming up that's going to completely gross you out. I just remembered that. Stand by, it gets grosser. Um, he's uh, Five years ago, what Tim was arguing is five years ago, he couldn't imagine we'd, imagine we'd be in this place now with a pandemic where the rules of how long inmates stay in are being modified to adapt to a pandemic. And in light of that, that's why they want to get this on the record. So with life without parole, it's made sure that in no way would anybody decided he was um, eligible for compassionate release. That's really what they're trying to prevent here. So now we know the why, why this had to happen. Um, the, the last minute part, obviously, is because they just put together this video and they just made this effort. So that's why it's the last minute. And then, of course, this, um, they want to make sure that the COVID doesn't end up getting him released on compassionate release. Um, so they're, they were arguing, sorry, these are my notes. They wanted to argue that he has mental acuity and he, they want to make sure that they know that he doesn't end up at a medical facility based on his appearance of fragility. Um, the only objection that is being played, the only objection that the defense had to this whole thing, they're like, find the video, whatever, I don't care, but you, we don't want it played during sentencing. That's just unfair. So, um, let's see, hang on a second, let me just think, uh, so then tend to this whole thing about the criminal justice system and the founding fathers is a very law and order kind of moment um, that is our, it's our duty to make criminal justice system transparent and public. And this is just another aspect of that. And the people have latitude based on case law and um, that he is demonstrating a lack of remorse and his demeanor is relevant. Uh, and if it's relevant, then he could. So here's something I didn't know. I got new information today. Apparently at sentencing is when the defendant or the convict can stand up and actually indicate remorse. It's his chance to try to soften the blow of his sentencing as well as if he were to stand up and talk about his remorse. Um, TBD, I don't know if that's going to happen. His demeanor right now is, Tian was arguing, is feeble and frail, unable to express remorse, um, but he's choosing not to. So that, so the judge is like, okay i don't how do you know that's true how do you know that that's what he's going to do based on his thing um and then it says uh, let's see that oh yeah they came back in with the if this is if he was want to express remorse um it's his choice which is true it's completely his choice if he chooses to i'm sorry i'm looking at myself in this messy hair okay so the defense so now d'angelo's attorneys are countering and and Tien's was very eloquent it, you really should hear it if you can get a chance to grab this recording um but it did feel super rushed and like oh my god we gotta go fast the defense said there's nothing in the in the, in the video that indicates remorse the wheelchair deployment that we've all talked about was at the sheriff's request. Nobody else requested it, just the sheriff. I've heard other, there were hijinks going on. I don't know, but 
I just know that the wheelchair from everything I've heard, including today, is not a D'Angelo choice. His expression in court, his attorneys argued that his expression in court was no different than anyone else's. I'm going to give you time to yell at me right now at the TV or at the radio or whatever you want to yell at because that's what I always do when I hear some things that's complete BS. His expression, D'Angelo's expression in court was no different than anyone else's. There was nothing that showed that he had a lack of remorse. Okay, I don't, they were literally at the table with him. I don't even know. This is a weird specious argument. He's just like everybody else should. But they did argue that this is a violation of his privacy. That to me seemed to have teeth because I don't know about you, but if somebody had a camera on me 24-7, <laughs> they would get an eyeful. Not just this janky hair, but I mean, God knows everything that we do. It's scary to think of somebody watching you 24-7. So then they argued that there are only two cells in the county jail that, have, um, that can do recording, and they moved him there to capture the video. Well, we're going to catch up on that one because that doesn't seem like that's exactly true either. The idea of cell behavior, um, the idea that cell behavior, they're arguing that the idea of cell behavior is relevant, is ridiculous and absurd. Again, I don't know. Cell behavior's um, been a factor in other cases. All of you that know your cases, spit some out to me because I know it has been a thing. If, if it is relevant, then here's when the, the de defense pulls their card, their power card, because they do have a power card. If the fact the video is relevant, then we want a continuance to prepare because we need to look at all the video because what has been presented has been edited and they want to make sure that we know that they, they need to see all the video. That is something like, well, hang on, I'll get to it in just a second. Um, what, what's been, what has been produced and what the prosecution has done, of course, is cherry picked video and they want to see it all. Well, that's completely true. Like that's a good argument. Always remember that for yourself, never settle for a part of the, of the video when you should see it all very good rule for Twitter because often the video is cherry-picked or edited and it, to create a, an impression to tell the story the video the videographer wants you to know that story and that's their point too that this video has been cherry-picked to tell a story of course it has but the, their argument is valid um, we believe that there's video of much different uh, D'Angelo in other situations so then Tian talked about the dates which I already read to you when they recorded which is very specific then Tian came back with the people um, don't decide or request the wheelchair. The sheriff has done this with the defense. It's been a mutual decision. Everybody's going to argue about that damn wheelchair. Throw it out. Stop with the wheelchair already. Let's just stop. This is a game. I don't want to play this game. I don't want to be manipulated by this game. Let's just have him walk in. Can we just do that now? Especially when we're talking about court in the next few days, we're not doing anything that's really remarkable, we're not, except for Sac State on Friday. And I think he could walk there too. Um, okay, so then the people placed him in this cell from the beginning. So apparently this videotaped cell, was, he was, he's been in there from the beginning, is what they're saying. They didn't just move him there. And it's been the case for over a year. And now I'm going to tell you the gross part. Including video of D'Angelo performing a sexual act, a sexual act based on something he was seeing outside of his cell. Uh, uh. and the def okay Ugh. I, it's still morning mm. the defense has been aware of this the whole time based on the defendant's conduct in court from the beginning defendant is acting and it wouldn't do this if it weren't an act and there has been 500 days of video 
You want to watch 500 Days of D'Angelo? I don't want to watch 500 Days of D'Angelo. I barely, barely can stand to see him as it is. Okay, so what Tian argued, it, the judge was like, well, if there's 500 days, why are we not looking at all of it? And Tian argued, well, no, you don't need to see all of it. We just selected the stuff closer to his plea because he came into the plea looking really feeble and he wasn't. That's what Tian was arguing. So the judge said, um, it seems like you should have been looking, especially at the time of his arrest, if we're trying to look for signs of remorse. This whole thing about remorse seems uh, irrelevant because I don't know how anybody could look at a video without sound and decide if someone is remorseful or not. That's, that just, I feel like that's fallacious logic. So then, um, Tan said, no, no, no. We thought it was much more relevant to look at the video closer to the time of the plea because of what we all saw, except for his defense attorney who thought he looked just like everybody else in the room that day. Okay, so now the judge comes in, and this was, like I said, very eloquent. These are my notes. I was writing as fast as I could because I thought it was such an interesting discussion, but here we are. The judge came on and said, okay, let's see. D'Angelo has never made infirmity an issue. Now, technically, he's right. You've got to look at this like a judge. We've made it an issue, but D'Angelo hasn't made it an issue. Is he acting? Yes, I, I believe he's acting. I think he's... Um, he's managed what he could manage. There's not a lot he could manage in terms of the narrative, but he's done what he could. Um, so the judge says, uh, he's not asking for leniency. It's true. He isn't. Um, if, if the judge were to approve it, he would have, it would have to do something with competency, which of course we've all agreed he is competent. And, uh, he said he only misunderstood one thing at the plea hearing, and that's because he didn't hear me properly, and that counsel also attested to the fact that D'Angelo was competent. They said it that day at the plea. That's the one I was waiting for. I have been waiting for him to use incompetency this whole time as an angle. That's one of the reasons I thought he was starving himself, was that he would, he would feign incompetency by the time this was over so he could get a soft landing. Um, there are times, there are at times, uh, sorry, there were times this could be relevant. That's true. If he was physically confirmed and, and the judge said, if I had to reject a plea because I thought that the defendant was somehow compromised, that would be super different. We can't even talk about the fact that my cat right now is staring at nothing behind me, but sorry about that. He's an idiot. I love him though. Um, maybe in the penalty phase, this could be important if the judge thought that there, the, the punishment might be too harsh for somebody who was infirmed or um, not harsh enough. I, I, don't, I can't think of the, con the, the contrast thing for that. But this man, he said, uh, uh, has pled guilty to 13 murders and has pled guilty to being a serial rapist. And he accepted responsibility for crimes that were beyond the statute of limitations, which is all true. And I have to say, the judge is right. I mean, he did accept all this responsibility right now. It seems like we're parsing, right? He doesn't want to, <laughs> the judge, because Tian did that whole law and order founding fathers thing. The judge goes, I don't want to just, I don't want to distress the founding fathers, which I appreciated the tiny, tiny bit of snark. It was good. Um, but the evidence needs to be relevant. And, and what he's going to say is the sheriff did the wheelchair. Um, he doesn't, he, the judge does not agree that D'Angelo is perpetuating a fraud. He does agree the video could be useful for others in the sentence, in the um, process of assigning him to what, the prison that he's going to go to, but he doesn't see the relevance of doing it publicly. So he ruled that the video can be put into 
yeah, that's on my notes. The, can, the video can be put into his 1203C file for how it goes, how he goes through the penalty phase as he goes off to prison, but will not be played publicly in court. That might be a gift, I'm going to say, because I think we don't need any, personally, I don't think we need any more junk in this case. There is so much junk. We've got folks all over the place and how they're reacting to this. We've got survivors having all kinds of ways that they're dealing with this. And honestly, any more salacious crap at this point to me is just too much. It, this crime, this crime was enough. I don't know how to explain this to anybody. I feel so desperate at this point because I see folks talking about this and arguing all over the place, but can we just accept, we don't need any extra drama in this case. This case comes replete with enough drama to last me personally a lifetime, to last all of us a lifetime. He's not sexy. He's not interesting. He's one of the dullest serial murderers and killers and rapists I've ever seen. He is boring beyond belief. And yet, there's enough salacious details in this crime that we don't need to make up more or focus on them, I guess is really more the point. Focusing on him being a jackass is kind of why we're here. This is how we got here. He's a jackass. And so we don't need to, I, I personally just think all of this, all of this is bad for us, all of us. We don't need this. We don't need this at all. In fact, in a few minutes, I'm going to tape an interview with Carrie Rossin, wearing the same janky hair and shirt, um, because she and I got to talking over this weekend, and I'm looking forward to talking with her because it's this, um, it's this layer of extra that involves us that I'm really concerned about. So I'm going to put my soapbox back under my desk until I talk with her. We're going to talk a few minutes, and then I'll put that up today too, I hope. But I'm going to get this sucker out right now so you can know what happened this morning. And you guys are going to see a lot of me this week. Yay. But I look forward to talking to you on the Zoom meetings. Um, if you haven't registered yet, lawyersdaughter.com. You can register for the Zooms this week where I am going to try to get some of these other survivors on with me if they'll come. Some of them are. I think Chris Pedretti for sure is coming, but then she'll do anything for me, which I love. I'll do anything for her. So I will um, see you guys very, very frequently this week. Talk to you soon. That's the scoop for right now. Venture Highway.